Hour two of Canuck Central, Satyar Shaw with Jamie Dodd, and this hour is brought to you by Andrew Sherritt Limited, your plumbing and heating wholesaler, a proud family-owned BC company, helping local business since 1892. Canucks defenseman Brad Hunt, still on the contract technically, not a free agent yet. Pending UFA. Pending UFA, but still a member of the Canucks. Mm-hmm. He's going to mm-hmm. join us coming up momentarily. If you missed the first hour of the show, we got into the latest goings-ons and rumors around the Canucks as reported around the National Hockey League, especially from uh, John Shannon and Nick Caprios, uh, yep. which really got our text got people fired going. Up. And <laughs> we've, really got a, fired we've got up. another great clip to play later, too. Oh, yeah. People fired up. That one's going to come up during the mailbags. So look forward to that. If you missed that in Yannick Hansen, that's on the first hour of the podcast. Now, we're going to have Brad on here momentarily. And, I mean, it's safe to say that he was a massive hit with this team. And, hey, we can sit here and talk about, from the media's perspective, he's a fun guy to talk to. Yeah. And, you know, he's engaging and all those sort of things and, and local boy. Outside of being a good guy and a good guy in the room and all that sort of stuff, he performed for the team this season. And when he was signed, you know, a lot of people really praised the signing as just an ideal depth signing for the Vancouver Canucks. And you just look at what he did. He did what he does everywhere, which is come in and and play his role and fill a role for the team really, really, really well. He had 17 points in 50 games. And especially during that stretch when the Canucks had a bunch of injuries, um, you know, towards late in the season. And and ultimately the playoff push came short. But one of the reasons they were able to prolongate it a bit, it was guys like Brad Hunt had moments. They got mm-hmm. hot. They had a streak. I mean, we, we talked about him and Alex Chason had a stretch and where Boudreaux kind of joked, but also was serious saying, man, I hope this guy somehow gets the player of the week or gets a player of the week at least consideration because of how he's played. It might be the only time he gets it in his career. And Brad Hunt for that stretch during the time right that coincided with that was also producing yep. on the back end. And it's not even just about the production, but it's just about having the guy who can come into the lineup and you have no concerns, right? You know what you're going to get and you know it's going to be quality minutes. Yeah, you know, no doubt. And uh, we really enjoyed watching Brad Hunt and we'll, we'll hope to see him back with the team next season. But let's bring him back into the converse, bring him into the conversation. He joins us now, local boy, Brad Hunt. Brad, always a pleasure getting you on the show, man. How's the offseason been so far for you? It's, it's been great. Thank you guys so much for having me. Hopefully you guys will bring some sunshine after this call. What do you think? Yeah, man, I hope so, man. Listen, anytime we get a chance to chat with you, trust me, it feels like we got sunshine because you got this like such an infectious <laughs> attitude, man. It's, it's always fun chatting with you. But, you, you know, we, we just want to kind of ask you, obviously, you know, you're so jacked up. I remember talking to you in training camp. You know, you sat down with us and we, we chatted about, you know, signing with this team and, and how excited you were, you know, to be part of the organization, whether that was Abbotsford. But you said, like, I'm here to make the team. Not only did you make the team, you also played 50 games with the squad and also had a lot of big moments. What was it like playing for the Canucks this past year? Oh, it was it was incredible. Obviously, like you said, it was a slow start, but I think as the season went on, we built something that was, I mean, I think we just ran out of runway. I mean, if we had a, would have had a couple more weeks, I think we probably would have made the playoffs. So it was, it was such a special finish to the team, and I think we really started to create something special. And uh, like I said, uh, I think I, I would love to be a part of that again because it was so fun near the end when we were fighting for that spot. And just, you know, individually, not just uh, looking at how you how you played, as Sat said, Brad, you know, you had a lot of really good moments and played really well for the team. But how did you feel about just how you fit in, you know, socially and in the locker room and, and kind of how your role developed uh, off the ice as well for the team? Um, I think as any place you go, you kind of, when you're, when you're new to the team, you kind of, I mean, it's not that you're walking on eggshells. You're just, you're just kind of dipping your foot in the water instead of diving, diving right in. And, uh, I think that kind of happened with me. I was quieter and I didn't really know 
what to expect when I first got there. But after that, as the season started to go on, you get more comfortable and you get more confident with playing. And I think my role in the dressing room became bigger and bigger as the season went on. And it was such a great group of players. And I think we all became so close as the season went on with all the adversity that we dealt with together. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, it, it's such a special team. And uh, it was so fun with the finish we had. And obviously the goal was to make the playoffs. We didn't do that. But I think as a team, we all grew together. And I think that's something that we can look back on and be proud of. Well, and, you know, one of the things that coincided with you playing more and, and you know, having more success, too, was Bruce Boudreaux being, be, be becoming the coach. And a lot of that goes back to familiarity, him being the coach in Minnesota, and, and you knew him from then. I mean, how much of a boost was that for you individually when, when Boudreaux came in? Oh, 100% for me. For me personally, that was huge. Um, not to say that before it wasn't uh, yeah. like that I disliked anyone or anything, because I didn't. I just, the familiarity wasn't there. And uh, when Bruce came, it was like a... I, I, Personally, I got a breath of fresh air, and um, I knew what he expected, and it just made me a little bit more comfortable, I suppose. And uh, I've, I've been around a long time, but still, when you get that kind of that re-energy moment, and it gives you instant confidence, and uh, you just kind of let your guard down, and you just run with it, and I think that's what happened. And Bruce is someone that has uh, been with me for a long time, and he's always taken a lot of pride in the things that he, he does. And um, I think it was easy for me to understand his expectations and what he wanted from the team, and it made me more comfortable. And as you said, you you uh, had experience with Bruce in Minnesota as well. And, you know, the thing about you look at Boudreaux's track record and his teams just win. They win a lot wherever he goes. And, you know, certainly from the outside looking in, it was really easy for fans to to get behind Bruce Boudreaux. We know, we know all about, you know, Bruce, there it is and all that. But <laughs> from, from a player's perspective, what is it about Boudreaux that, makes him not just easy to play for that makes guys really want to play well for him i think it's just how he approaches his everyday experience you know like he comes to the rink he's always happy he's always in a good mood um he's like i said before he's serious when he needs to be serious but he's also got every one of his players backs throughout the whole season and i think all the players really respect that they they all know what to expect um he comes into the room he talks to everybody he jokes around with everybody he just keeps it really light and i think and throughout an NHL season, there's a lot of stress involved. And um, to see him bouncing around and happy all the time, just a happy-go-lucky guy, I think that feeds off in the locker room. And guys maybe aren't as nervous or aren't as stressed, and they just kind of let their guard down and they have fun. And I think when we're having fun doing things, that's when you do your best. Is that the most important role for a coach, just getting players to buy in no matter what, no matter what the approach is, as, as opposed to you know selling a system or X's and O's? Um, I suppose that's part of it. I mean, I've never been a coach before, so I'm not yeah. too sure exactly what what goes through uh, a certain coach's mind. But I'm sure everyone has a different approach. But at the end of the day, it's just, um, I, in my opinion, it's just having a group of guys that are willing to go through a brick wall for you. And I think mm-hmm. Bruce has proven that from all the stops he's been. You know, one of the things um, we did hear from Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvine when they spoke after the end of the season, and, you know, Jim Rutherford was very clear that he was thrilled with the job Bruce Boudreaux did and was really impressed with what the team accomplished to end the season. But he also talked about uh, the need to play with more structure and specifically, you know, getting out of the team's zone and kind of transitioning up the ice with more structure. From your position, you know, as as not just a, a player who's out there on the ice living it, but specifically a blue liner who, you know, handles a lot of those zone exits and things, what do you see that needs to change and maybe need to get better from, from that standpoint? Uh, yeah, I agree with that. And there's always room. I mean, 
at the end of the day, we didn't make the playoffs. So there's always room yeah. for us to grow as a team and uh, things that obviously that we need to get better at. And I agree 100%. Those, are, those were things that we did need to get better, better at. And I think um, with Bruce having a full season, and it, that, that by no means is that on Bruce at all. That's on us as a team. Um, as more familiar it comes with each other and uh, more expectations that are going to be expected of us, I think things will be a lot cleaner. And um, if you think we were fighting for a playoff spot for five months, and I think uh, guys just gripped down and, and battled as hard as they could, and uh, maybe a little fatigue set in, and you make mistakes when fatigue sets in. But um, I think the way that the team finished and the things that we need to build on and the things that we were great at have, have the potential to be a very, very good hockey team. And I think that should be exciting for everybody because I know I'm super excited for it, whether – whether I'm in Vancouver or not, it's it's something special that the team built, and I think the city's going to be pumped. And I think the what we talked about before was making the the city proud of our team, and and I think that's something that all of us in Vancouver, as players, as fans, are take pride in. Well, and, and as you said, you know that's the type of thing that can really change. Maybe with having a full season of of the same coaching staff, and you know just generally the ability for Bruce Boudreau to come in, have a training camp with the team, and just for the team to really know there's a sense of stability here. We built, we're building on something that we started last season. These, you know, this is the coach we're going to have all year. What kind of effect can that have on the team going into next season? Oh, I think it's huge. And and again, there's no guarantees in hockey whatsoever. But I think going into training camp, um, there's going to be a lot of guys coming back that are going to be like, let's just build up what we did. You know, let's just keep getting better and better every single day and uh, stick up for each other, be there for each other. And uh, let's keep building off of something that we built on last year. And I think there's no, no reason to take our foot off the gas. We just push even harder on the gas. So we just go, go harder and harder. And uh, like I said, we have, we'll have more and more fun. And as we have more fun, and the building has been rocking like crazy. If we could just pick that up again, and it's just good. Like I said, it's going to be something that's really special. Well, I mean, you, you could just tell. You're right about the building. That honestly, the building was great from day one. I mean, the fans were just so excited to be back watching hockey games this year that it was a lot of fun just being at every single game. But the team, obviously, you guys struggled so much early in the year. Then st- turn things around. And you see the fun come back. You see everybody feel a lot better about things. I mean. And especially, I mean, you were a new guy on the team, and then you look at Connor Garland was a new guy on the team. Same thing with a guy like Oliver Ekman Larson. Those guys, those guys are big time important players to the team. And just like you, I'm sure it took them some time to get comfortable and grow into leadership roles and stuff like that. I mean, how much of that kind of came together as time went on as well? Especially guys like OEL who played on the back end with with yourself too. Like, how much did you see him get more comfortable as the year went on? Oh, 100%. And I think that proves so much in his play as well. I mean, at the end of the season, he was playing unbelievable hockey for our team. And uh, he plays big minutes. He plays all roles on the ice. And he's a huge influence in the locker room. And for someone like him, he had never been anywhere else other than Arizona before. So I'm sure it was such a new experience for him that coming into a new locker room, not really knowing what to expect and, and to have to adjust those things. But I, I mean, like as the season went on, you could see this, like he had so much, he was having so much fun and it was just it was it was so exciting for me to see because he was someone that I really looked up to because he's such a great player and um, to be a captain of a team and uh, he was someone that I learned from so much during the season and I was proud to be his to be his teammate. Uh, first year with the Canucks, Brad, it was also your first chance to have uh, a front row seat watching Quinn Hughes do his thing on the blue line. Had such a strong season. What was it like? What did you think of just getting to see what he can do on a, on a nightly basis up close? Unbelievable. Um, and I think he's someone that even built on his game. As good as he is, he even got better and better through the season. And I think th- the sky's the limit for him. I mean, 
the things that he's able to do with his with his skating, with his shot, with his puck skills, with his IQ of the game. I think, like I said, the sky is the limit. I, I, I don't think anybody should be surprised if he's a top three defenseman within the next five years. I think he's he's so good, and he's such a great kid, and I think he's got a super bright future, not only in Vancouver, but in the NHL. Yeah, I mean, he's such an incredible young defenseman, too. And I mean, it, 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 was, it was so many things mirrored each other with the guys, with the young guys, too, and especially a guy like Elias Pettersson and how he came alive later in the season. What was it like kind of seeing him go through his struggles? And you saw it, it was very obvious, and he talked about losing some confidence. I mean, you see the player he was as he's working his way back from injury, and then it clicks to find out what, you know, 40 games when he went off. Like, what was it kind of seeing him struggle, but then seeing him turn it around? What was that kind of like to see? Um, obviously, you never want to see anybody struggle. I yeah. think uh, he dealt with a lot of adversity last year, and I think that's only going to make him better. I mean, if you go through a, a whole career and, and you don't have any adversity throughout your entire career then you're not going to learn anything and I think he learned so much last year of how good he can be and the things he needs to do to make him the best player he can be and I think when we saw him at his at his best I mean the things he can do are unbelievable and I think he he's another player that is so important to our team and not only in the room on the ice but in the city because he is such a great kid and I think uh, a lot of people and a lot of kids look up to him and uh, to see him struggle obviously it wasn't it wasn't fun to see that, but I think it made him a better player, and it will make him better as his career goes on. Well, yeah, and as you say there, Brad, is is it the kind of thing that can almost be a bit of a silver lining? Not that you, as you said, you never want to see a, a young, bright player like that struggle for you know almost half a season. But you know, to your point, now he's kind of been through that, and you're always going to have moments of adversity in your career, and he has the experience of working through it, and, and you know, coming out arguably an even better player than he than he had been previously on the other side. Is that the kind of thing that can really, you know, help propel him to new heights farther down the road in his career? For sure, because, you, you, like you said, throughout the season, you're always going to go through, through adversity and different things. And, and for maybe it was the first time that he went through it. I, I'm not too sure. But, I mean, you learn from that. You learn how to maybe not make a, a dry spell as long. Um, you maybe you make a mistake and it doesn't sit within your mind for as long. Like little little things throughout the whole game or the whole season that can add up on you. Maybe it doesn't add up as much, and and that could make him twenty five thirty percent better as a player. And for him, that is massive. And uh, like I said, he's such a great kid and he has such a bright future. And I think we all saw that last year mm-hmm. when he could turn it on. The things that he's able to do, he's such a special player in this league. Yeah, I mean he is. You saw towards the end, and I- I'm sure you're going to see him pick up pick up where he left off towards the end of the season. Uh, and you know it's funny because this team has seen so many of these young guys come through, and a lot of these guys have success early on. I mean Pedersen right away, he he like came on, he was incredible. Same thing with Quinn Hughes, same thing with Brock Besser. And then this year, you know, Vasily Podkolzin comes in and, you know, early on trying to work his way through and, and all the reports are, I mean, the kid works super hard. He's a good kid. He, he, he understands how to work within a team and all those sort of things. And you saw him get a lot better as the year went on. And it was interesting hearing guys like Connor Garland and others kind of say, he's, he might be the guy that the players on the team talk about the most when it comes to his future. Like, was that a, a pretty big conversation about the upside Vasily Podkolzin has? Oh, 100%. I mean, the things that we didn't know about him at the start of the year, he his, obviously is his first time in North America playing in the professional hockey. And as the season went on, he learned his English got so much better. His comfortability got so much better. And the, like he is the ultimate power forward. And that's something that we would talk about all the time. We're like, holy crap, Like this kid is going to be freaking good. And um, I think he showed things throughout the season like that opened your eyes. And you're like, this is the way he could drive wide, take guys to the net. And um, like I said, he's the ultimate power forward, and he's only going to get better because 
like you said, just in your little short message there, he, he, he's the first guy on the ice. He's the last guy off. There's sometimes you had to tell him, be like, hey, hey, hold on a second. Like, you don't need to go out there 35 minutes early. You're going to be, you're going to wear yourself out. And he, nope, he just went out there. He did his thing. He, he knew what he needed to get better at. And I think he's only going to continue to get better at and build on his game. You know, Brad, as you as you uh, kind of compliment Vasily Podkolzin's practice habits there, and that's something we heard repeatedly throughout the year. It speaks really highly of, of him as a player and his future. But I, I did want to ask you about uh, one of the comments that uh, GM Patrick Alvin had early on in his tenure with the team, where he, he did say that he wanted to see the practice habits of the team as a group get better. And he thought that they needed to get better to, you know, push the team uh, to ultimately where they want to go. From your perspective, did you see improvement in those types of practice habits uh, throughout the remainder of the season? 100%, and I think that showed in our play, how, how we did as a team. And uh, when you're, you, like, it's, it's an old cliche, but you practice how you play. And I think when we were, when you could tell when we were sharp in practice, that next game or the game that night was incredible. Mm-hmm. We could almost tell, like, in the morning skate, if, say things were a little bit sloppy, we like as a group, you could feel like okay, we got to turn this around because we were that was when we were kind of struggling in the first periods a little bit, and we'd come out slow. And I think that had a lot to do with with practice. And once we started turning that around, and guys started battling with each other in practice, and 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 had all those fun competition, and uh, you could really tell in the play. Now, Brad, it's, it's been a pleasure catching up with you, man. We're not going to take up too much more of your time, but you mentioned you know we'll see what happens next season. Do you have any indication of where things may be headed with the Canucks, or is it very much wait and see in free agency? I think it's 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 a bit of a wait and see thing. But like I said before, I love Vancouver. I love people and the people in Vancouver. Um, this is home for me. This will always be home for me. Um, it's nice not to have to pack everything up and keep <laughs> moving around. So right. I, I I love it here, and uh, if we could make it work, and I could be here for. To, for another season, um, it would be something that's so special, and I think uh, a lot of my uh, family would love that. So, um, like I said, it's such a special place. Whether I'm I'm here or not, I'm still always going to cheer for the guys that I got to play with last year and, and wish them nothing but the best. But like I said, I hope I'm able to come back for another couple seasons because I love it. Well, I mean, hey, believe me, a lot of fans want to see you back. I see JD and Coquitlam says, I really hope he re-signs. And Jesse in, in a Jeep says, how do you not root for this guy in every walk of life? I mean, that's it's always fun catching up with you, Brad. And uh, we wish you the best. And uh, let's let's do this again in the summer. And if you have some time, let's just chat hockey, all right? Hey, absolutely, guys. And I really appreciate you guys having me on. And uh, have a great weekend. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And everyone drive safe because I'm sure a lot of people are in their cars listening. <laughs> Atta boy. Thanks so much, Brad. That is Brad Hunt, Canucks defenseman. And, hey, how do you not smile after having Brad Legend. Hunt? What a legend. The, best, the absolute best. Ending he's like, the, be safe. Please ending it with safe. the drive safe <laughs> message. It's just fantastic. And he's, he's bang on. Everyone drive safe, please. Yeah. No, um, no 100%. Um, you know, it, it's kind of funny because um, when we go through things and we look at, you know, how the season went and we heard the stuff about the country club and stuff. And I mean, when you, when you hear him talk about it, he's never going to come out and say it was. No. I mean, and he essentially no. said, I mean, our practice habits improved. And your question about the practice habits was, yeah, they weren't great early and they improved. And then he talked about how great group of guys they are and all that sort of stuff. But the players never come out and say things, you know, along the lines of this or that or whatever. Well, and but, I thought, but he clearly said things improved yeah. as the year went on. And I thought it was really interesting to hear him say... He could tell at least, and probably the whole team, but at least he could tell, you know, hey, that was a great practice. We're on our game. We're going to play really well. 
in the next game versus there were still some practices where, you know, maybe that wasn't the case. And maybe that leads to some of the no-shows we were talking earlier about earlier in the show set. But I think that is, it's not that the team's incapable of having really good practices, right? But you just want to make sure it's happening consistently. I thought that was an interesting perspective from uh, from Brad there just saying, yeah, we, we knew when we were on top of our game and doing all the things we needed to do to be successful. And the challenge is just to make sure you're hitting that you're never going to hit it 100% of the time, but as yeah. much of the time as you possibly can. Yeah, and he talked about how they did need to get better as far as, you know, getting out of their own zone cleanly and all those sort of things and, and whatnot. So he, there is a lot of stuff you can still work on as a team. And one of the things he mentioned, it's on us as players. We still have to be a lot better on this too. And having a full off season and having a full training camp for Boudreaux and the team to kind of implement their systems, maybe we do see some improvements in terms of how the team does get out of it, get out of its own end. So uh, very fun chat with Brad Hunt. If you missed it, it'll be up on podcast very, very soon. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't have a crystal ball or anything, but if I had to place a wager, I, I would bet on Brad Hunt and the Canucks finding a way to bring him uh, back. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for it. Yeah. We're talking about what? Seven, seven fifty. It's minimum contract, yeah. right? And that's fine to have. If he makes his team great, if not, goes and plays in Abbotsford and you have the option and he's very capable as a depth player. And what's the worst thing that happens? He goes and plays in Abbotsford and is a great leader and mentor to the young guys. There's, there's no downside. Really? Really? What's no, the downside? No, I don't think there is one. My question would be, um, this is where it comes down to what's the Canucks vision for development? What type of team do they want to build out and what types of spots do they want to take up? Because it's great to have a bunch of veterans for your big club, but if you're trying to develop some guys to find some diamonds in the rough, there's only so many spots. Yep. And how are you going to approach building your, your Abyss for a team? And what types of players are you going to go after to see if you can find some diamonds in the rough and those sort of things? And do you have the space for a guy like Brad Hunt? That, that's going to be the question. Because the one thing the Canucks do have already, a lot of guys signed for next season. Yeah. You know, even on the back end, right? I mean, you're talking about Burroughs assigned next year, which is good. He's an asset. Same yep. thing with Luke Shen. You go to Pullman. You know, you, you look at, uh, you know, the top end guys and Myers and OEL and Hughes. You know, you got like seven, eight defensemen. Rathbone is an RFA, Rathbone, but he's yeah. going to sign a deal. So you have a pretty big logjam as it is. And even down in Abbotsford, you have a few guys on two-year yeah. deals. Travis Dermott is, is, is signed. There. Yep. You have Brady Keeper as well, who has another year on his deal. So my question would be, what are you envisioning in terms of development next season? And can you fit another veteran guy in there? Yeah, it's a fair question. I just think he checks so many boxes yeah. for that guy who can be your seventh defenseman, right? Like, yeah. He's not going to complain. He brings an for incredibly sure. positive, you know, infectious attitude. And he's going to play well for you when he does get in the game. 100%. And uh, a lot of great comments coming in. Another class act interview from Brad Hunt is this unsigned text. This one, how do you not give a local kid with that type of character the A on our team? Brad Hunt is a 10 out of 10 person. I hope he's back next year. Talk about having a good culture. He definitely adds to that. And Jazzy ends things off saying, Brad Hunt is a genuine person. He's a solid depth D-man that the Canucks should keep. And here's the thing. If, if the Canucks, for whatever reason, um, don't offer Brad Hunt a contract, I mean, it, the money wouldn't quite be the same, but I think he's got like a standing offer here at 650. He does. He <laughs> does. be a part of the station. He's good radio, man. We'll figure things out. He's good radio. I'm not going to speak for Canberra, but no, I'm going to no, no, speak no. for yeah, Canberra. I'm going to speak for Canberra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'd love to add him. But hey, dude's only 33. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, know, not, it's not time for that yet. If I could ask him one more question, it would be like, you know, like... How much do you just love playing? Like if, if it doesn't happen in NHL, like would you be a guy that wants to go to Europe and keep playing right, or whatever? Right. And he's only thirty three. I mean, this guy can easily squeeze out another five or six yeah. years, depending on what you want to do, what level you want to play at, right? So 
yeah, uh, we'll see Brad Hunt around. We'll, and the question is, is that going to be with the Canucks organization next season or not? But this is a guy, man, my, my final thought on Brad Hunt, and I mentioned this during the season, but this has now been six years in a row where Brad Hunt showed up to a training camp expecting, or people expecting him to get cut. Six years in a row. He showed up to a training camp. People said, eh, you know, he's here, but, you know, we're not really expecting him to make the team. Every single time he made yeah. the team. Every single time. The last time he played in the AHL, the 2016-2017 season. Yeah. Those are the, that's the last time. That's a long time ago now. And you're right. When, pe- when, when he was signed, a lot of people said, oh, you know, maybe Abbotsford. It's like, well, the guy doesn't play in the AHL. Yeah. Because he always shows that he's too valuable to send down. Same thing happened in Minnesota. I mean, depth D man, he would sign a contract, and the hope always was somebody would leap over him. Mm-hmm. You know, like we'll have somebody else, and he'd still make the team. He'd play on the third pair. He'd be an extra D man. But because he gave such a s- strong baseline and was such a strong consistency in his game, the young guys coming or guys that couldn't bring that, he would just consistently make teams. So I wouldn't bet against Brad Hunt playing in the NHL next season. No, absolutely uh, not. That, that's what I would say about it. All right. A lot of fun catching up with Brad Hunt. Coming up next, it is one of our favorite segments. What a show we got going on today. The Friday Mailbag right here on Canuck Central. But before we head out to that, this Wednesday at, at the Nat, it's RBC We Care Wednesday. They support a different charity every Wednesday night, and this week it's the YMCA. First pitch will be at 7 p.m. against Eugene. Get tickets and info at CanadiansBaseball.com. More coming up on the Homer Canucks Sportsnet 650.